Hey, entrepreneurs, it's your podcast mogul, Phil Better here. I am excited for this episode, as as I know you are. Before we jump into this episode, I'm going to ask you, if you are also a podcaster and you're looking to grow your podcast or monetize your podcast, make sure you stay till the end of the episode. I have a special deal for you or a special offer, if you will. But ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most Phil Better, and today I'm very excited to be talking with our guests today because they saw that their ability to speak sports language helped them get an upper hand in business and they want to help others. They've been, uh, they created last night's game in direct response to help her friends, her colleagues have that same advantage as getting ahead by speaking the sports language to her, their colleagues. They've been able to have, uh, been a TEDx speaker fo- uh, featured at Phoenix startup week. And they're, not, they, they they just do so much. They're part of the diversity. They're the chair of the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, the vice chair for Irish Angels based in Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, just please put your hands together for Amy Siegfried. Amy, thank you so much for being here. And please tell me I didn't destroy your last name. No, you did perfect. You did perfect. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So, Amy, I talked a little bit about what you do. You created this last night's game what is last night's game and how did you come up with the concept so last night's game exists for those who really don't know a lot about sports or really truly don't care that much about sports but need to talk about them in social situations Uh, we are all environments whether that's networking or dating or even family dinner time that we need to have conversations about sports or that helps us be that connector to be able to make those really key connections with people, right? We, we don't want to talk about politics. We don't want to talk about religion or anything else really sticky period in the news nowadays. So sports is really this easy foray into making that connection with someone. Uh, it started because I used to work for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I think I was probably at that point, I was an intern. So I was probably 20 years old. And I was at a game with one of my girlfriends. And she said, why are they, why are they running off the field? And I said, they have three outs. And she said, what's an out? And not that it matters that she had no idea what an out was. That wasn't really the importance of that. But it made me realize that she really had no idea what was going on in the world of sports. And how could I take the knowledge I had that I never really realized was an advantage in life? How can I help her learn those things? How can I help her learn the human interest side of sports? Because so much of the conversation is not around statistics. And it's not about all the jargon. It's really truly about the players themselves, the game themselves, what happens outside of the game. It's not always what happens on the field. And I like how you're saying that it's not the statistics because, yeah, that is something that the the sports bros get into and those are the hardcore fans. But the everyday fan doesn't know about, you know, what Derek Jeter's RPI is or all the or like who's scoring the most goals in hockey. Those stats are for the hardcore fans. But if you have a basic knowledge, you can pretty much skate through most conversations about sports. 
Right. That's and that's the whole idea is, and I'm the perfect example of that. I um I once had um drinks with a, someone who was really really high up in the sports media industry, and we're talking about something, and he starts talking about the like the 1972 Boston Red Sox, and this is just clearly over my head. I have nothing to contribute to this, and so I really took that conversation to wow. I really like Fenway. I sat on the Green Monster. The Green Monster is really cool. So when you went to the game in 1972, what was the, the field like? Where did you like to go? Where do you go when you go to the game? So I was able to take that conversation that was incredibly painful for me because I know nothing about the 1972 Boston Red Sox. Uh, so for me, it was a way to kind of work my way around that really difficult sports conversation. And then it made it sound like I knew all that was going on. And so we, we carried that conversation into a Boston conversation, which was a lot easier to navigate than that 1972 Red Sox. Very smart. Oh, so stri- strategic as well. Learning how to speak again. Um, so when you had this initial conversation with your girlfriend at the, the 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 Diamondbacks game, where she had no idea what an out was, which understandable. It's baseball; they have a lot of weird rules. Um, did you immediately start going, okay, I need to teach everyone uh, everything I know? Or how did the process go to creating last night's game? Well, it was a long process. And in all fairness, um, that was uh, a long time ago. But like I said, I was 20. I was an intern. And I, I called my brother, who really is truly the reason that I know so much about sports. Because I never played sports, minus one season of soccer. Uh, and my brother played every every sport imaginable. So I had to learn all of them, right? I'm going to these these games, I might as well kind of understand what's happening. And so I called him and said, hey, I've got this really cool idea. I think that we could teach, you know, young younger women, people my age, about sports because it's so interesting. And he was like, yeah, that's a really great idea. Um, I'm in high school and you work 80 hours a week and go to school. Uh, so when are we going to do that? And I was like, okay, point taken. And then 14, I think 14, 15 years later, my husband and I were moving back to the U.S. from Singapore. And... No one was hiring because it was between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so I thought, okay, well, no one's really hires at this time. Let me, what if we just give this idea a shot and sort of, you know, we started with a a website page, which took me forever to make. And then we would send out an email with a, from Gmail with a link that said, here's today's kind of write up. And it it started kind of ugly. And and if you, Lean Startup says, if you, what your business you started is, is looks good, then you've started way too late. And so it was like looking back at it now, like, oh, let's break down the Steelers Eagles game and what kind of big happened in there. And really, truly now we're so short and sweet. We're succinct. The whole idea is truly let's give you what you need in three minutes and get you out the door. There is no need for this long involved process. And so that's kind of where we shaped our way into. But it was truly just a, hey, I, I, mean, I might as well give myself something to do. It's cold here. I never lived anywhere cold before. And so it's like, I got to have something to do. So here we are. And it kind of worked its way out seven years later. And, and here we are. And so you started being ugly. I like how you said we started ugly and most businesses need to start ugly because that's where you find the faults. You find where the wards are, where we need to fix. And and it, like you said, if it's pretty, you're too late because you've let so much time go by. Um, and I'm learning that as well, trying to be like, ugly is perfect um because i've been sold perfection is beauty but it's ugly still works um when when you were creating all this and the iterations 
what was the self was there self doubt that was constantly popping up and how did you deal with that self doubt I think there's always self doubt and I can tell you from all the people I talk to in all the realms of life that I work in imposter syndrome is is truly a thing and I don't care if you listen to this and think oh she made it I don't feel like I've made it I always feel like when someone asks me to be on a podcast like oh my gosh that's phenomenal wow this is so exciting because I think we're always we see ourselves right and for for many entrepreneurs there's no you've made it you're always continuing to push you make that first sale well what about the second sale what about the tenth sale what about a million dollars in revenue whatever that might be we're always pushing ourselves we're not wired to be complacent and so uh, I think self-doubt comes in all the time I mean I'm no I'm no stranger to watching Instagram and saying well how did that person do that? How does this person do that? Why does that work for them? What could I do for mine? That I think exists in every day. And the, the best thing I can say is that I attempt to say, okay, well, I'm spending my time and doing my time, my stuff the way I know how, the way I have the capacity to do how, the way that I have the monetary ability to do how. And I'm doing the best I can. And it doesn't always look like everybody else's journey. Um, and I'm I'm also an adjunct professor at, at um at a university and they teach entrepreneurship. And I talk a lot to them about Mark Zuckerberg never feels like he made it, right? He's still taking Facebook and turning it into meta, um, metaverse, like he's doing into meta and all these different things, right? So they're all still evolving. Apple is still evolving. And so don't ever think that you're going to like reach the pinnacle. And I don't say that in a bad way, but just always know that there's always gonna be evolution. These people have not sort of said, hey, I've made it, here's my gold star, I'm done. Uh, so it's really one of those things, as long as you truly embrace that and you understand that that's the capacity that you your brain will be in, then that's okay. I think always evolving and always learning is so important and so strategic for the rest of your life to keep you fresh and, and going. Very true. I I can say that I always feel like I'm not the podcast mogul because I'm always learning something from another podcaster that I never knew. So yeah, I fully feel that, and that imposter syndrome never disappears, no matter how how many? Oh God, it's the worst. Um, really, it's whatever. But I think the, the more you find figure out that everybody has it, then it's like okay, then we're we're not really imposters because if we're all feeling it, it's just a normalcy, right? Oh, I love that take. That's that's. I never thought of it like that. Oh my God, you just like blew my mind, and I can't thank you enough for that. Um, if if we're looking at uh, women in the workplace who, or people who aren't sports fans, because I'm pretty sure there, there are men out there who could care less about sports because they're not interested in it. Um, what tip would you have in like leveraging last night's games, email their, your website and all that, what kind of tip would you have for them to be able to leverage it effectively? What I really look at it is I, we're not here to make you the next ESPN sideline reporter. What, what we're here to do is give you these little nuggets, just like you would watch the news in the morning and say, uh, did you hear about the president did this or this happened overseas? Just like you might drop something in that you heard on the news, use that the same way. And I think that's a really, really critical piece of that. Uh, we really had some really cool uniforms uh, launched for the World Cup, for the Women's World Cup team, the US team exactly. Um, recently and like that's a cool thing to talk about because that's in the summer so um, but it's just something cool to be able to have a conversation about and it does lead you down a path to other things we talk about these really great um, these uniforms Nike put out for the U.S. women's national team uh, what's cool about them they have all these different details and things that obviously celebrate their victories 
But and ultimately, when it comes down to it, you can use that lead into, do you have kids? Do they play soccer? Did you play soccer? What sports did you play? What do you like to do in your free time? I mean, all those things. And so for me, I look at it as an opportunity to share the news, just like you would anything you read in a newspaper or hear on the news in the morning and take that into your workplace or take that into your date or your networking event and use that to connect with people. Um, I use that all the time as sort of my my go-to because people tend to talk about the weather, but that gets really old after a while, especially if you live somewhere, I lived in Phoenix for a long time where it was always sunny. I'll flock today. It's the same thing you said the day before, right? So how do you spice up your life a little bit uh, and, and make it more interesting? And so that's how I would suggest that someone take that information and use it because it is kind of fun to have a did you know sometimes or a just a little nugget to share with someone and use that to create conversation. It also creates a, a bond of familiarity because if we have a, a likable interest or a similar interest, let's say it's soccer, let's say it's baseball, football, European football, whatever. Now, if I drop that tidbit about, hey, did you know this about the Nike uh, Nike's uniform for the World Cup? It's like, oh, I, I used to play. You like soccer? Oh, I have I have a passing interest in soccer, you know, because you you may find the something interesting about soccer they'll they'll find a connection to you and that can build so much quicker the the relationship because there's something similar that they have absolutely it's a really it, i really look at sports as an opportunity relationship building tool because it does it gives you insights into someone as a human versus the weather right about talking about the weather doesn't give you any insights to them uh, I, I find that very similar if, if people have children they're always a, it's always a great topic to ask them about their children. But if and when I didn't have children, um, it was always I would ask those questions, but they were kind of one way. Um, but now that I have one, it's like a whole nother level of like a video game, a whole nother level of conversation has opened up because you can talk about children and whether no matter their grandchildren, whatever that is, you have that shared conversation. That's a whole nother level that I didn't know exists. And I look at sports in a very similar way. This is a, a whole capacity. You can take a sports conversation from food, to, you know, sports to food, to travel, to all kinds of things. And there's so many opportunities to expand that and go off of that where you can take that a path that's comfortable for you and use that to kind of create that connection and find out a little bit more about that person. I like that. Uh, oh, so oh, I love it. Um, I'm just so happy to have someone that like using uh, something as simple as sports to create this connection with so many people and helping others make those same connections. Um, I, I would love to have uh, like a memory, maybe one that you were able to have from starting this business, this entrepreneurial journey that you had, or one that you were you received from someone who's either subscribed to the last night's game or uses uh, your service uh, that like just a testimonial, like they, a win they were able to do with the knowledge that you provide them. I mean, I've had this over the course of seven years. We have so many, and there are really three short ones that I'll say that that stick out in my mind. Uh, one is a girlfriend of ours, um, and she sits. She sat in Cubeland, right, and all the guys would sit up and they would talk over her head about sports. She started reading last night's game, and then one day she was able to chime in. And so, as opposed to being the head, they talked over. Her, she slowly worked her way up to be that person to just jump in a little bit of the conversation, and she didn't have to be able to talk about the whole game, but she could have that conversation and be part of that group, which then allowed her to continue to work herself into the the boys club, if you will, because in, it's so many times in, as a woman in sports, you have to do that. Um, I had a boss who used to, who learned to drink bourbon and smoke cigars because that's how she got to go to the after meeting stuff. Um, and it's a, it's a similar concept. 
that. And one story that was really funny. I have a friend of ours uh, who's an attorney and it was during the World Cup a couple of years ago, the Men's World Cup and Team Iceland was like the thing. Everybody was all excited about Team Iceland, whose head coach is a dentist. Like they're all partners, soccer players, and they were doing really well. And so people were really excited about it. And so we had written something about Team Iceland. He went into a meeting that afternoon and two of the people across the table for, from him were from Iceland. And so it was really funny that he had all these little like nuggets of, oh, the head coach is a dentist. And like, what are the chances that the population of Iceland, I think, is somewhere around three or 400,000 people, that two people from Iceland are sitting across the table from him after he read that. So you never know what you're going to get. Oh, that is that is awesome. I, I love like because instantly if you're you're like in this example instantly those people are like oh you know something about my country you know something interesting that's great something i may not even know and now we're having this great rapport back and forth and i have that oh my god this is like a life changing uh system and so i want to know how did you grow like you've been doing it for seven years i guess when you first started it was you just reading these, uh, watching these games or how do you choose the information that you put in? I know I just sent like 18 questions at you. So let's go okay. at the beginning. Like, how did you start? Like, how did you decide what sports to touch on or what topics to touch on? We really try to talk about, I mean, we're really our US based, but we really try to talk about what's popular, what might pop up. Obviously the big things like Super Bowl or the NBA finals or Arcadal are no brainers. But sometimes you get into the summer where the summer tends to be really slow, right? Unless you're having Olympics or this year we have the Women's World Cup. The summer tends to be a little quiet. So we get creative, right? We find out things that that people might be interested in. We've really dove into true crimes featuring athletes because there are quite a few of those, mm-hmm. whether they're real criminals or maybe just a stupid criminal. Uh, we really try to listen to our audience and try to see what people are enjoying and how we might be able to incorporate the sports world into it. And, and to answer your question about... Uh, how we achieve that information, how we decide, it really starts my my brother who Scott, who is we he's like our sports nerd. He knows everything about sports and he's so knowledgeable. So he, when we go to do the podcast, uh, he sends me that information and we kind of talk through it. And then we've just actually changed our format to be the two of us versus just me. Um, but we really kind of take a look at what's happening in the world, see what makes the most sense. Knowing our, our target audience, we really dive into what makes them interested. We actually have named our target audience after people we know. Um, our, our primary target audience is, is our my friend Lisa. And so I say, would Lisa find this interesting? If Lisa doesn't find it interesting, then we're not doing it. And that really has become a really easy way for us to say, does Lisa care about this? No, Lisa doesn't care. Why? She doesn't care about those statistics. So let's let's not do this. And so that has really helped us shape the content that we provide and make that really for our target audience. So first of all, I want to thank you so much for bringing up that specific point, the target audience for both business and podcasters. It's, it's, it's so important to have that. And I love how you connected it into a real person. You gave them a name, you know, exactly who they are. They're, they're your, your good friend, Lisa. So like, that is so important. And I, I would love for you just to go a bit more in, how did you decide on the characteristics or the person that you wanted to help? That's actually a really good question. So um, really we dove in and and the kind of way we dove in is we start just to see who was opening, who was sending us stuff that they were interested in. So I get a lot of messages through Instagram. They're like, hey, did you see this? Did you see this? Did you see this? And those people who are are sending that are those people who are asking questions. Or if I sent out an email to 10 friends and said, hey, could I pick your brain on this? Who was responding? 
And to me, that helped me understand who was really truly engaged. I mean, obviously we have our, our open rate. We can go through the demographics of all of that stuff. But really when it came down to it, who's opening it? Who's intrigued by this? And then who's giving me back the stories that are, are feedback of excitement? And that's kind of how we developed our, our, our sort of our three target markets, but our primary being being Lisa. And Lisa has been a go-to for me on, hey, I'm really stuck this week. Do you think we should do this or this? And she's like, that's more interesting. Okay, great. Let's go with it. And so uh, Lisa, if Lisa's listening, shout out to you, Lisa, for, for saving us in so many ways, because uh, it, it really does. It, and I, I, I teach this too, that your target market is so, so important because you have to understand if you have $100, who are you spending the money to get like the best reward, the best uh, ROI on that money you're putting out there? And so for us, we know that the Lisa's of the world are reading and so how do we continue to engage them? And so that does help to just put a face to the name and, and understand what she likes to do, where her, what she likes to eat, what she likes to do in her free time, all the things, because that helps us give that some perspective. Um, I want to know, now that you, you have this business, how are you monetizing? How are you moving people into paying for additional services or things like that? Well, Phil, I will tell you that we are in the process of reshaping a lot of that right now. Uh, our primary source of income is our merchandise store on our website at lastnightsgame.com. And uh, we we write in a very kind of quirky, fun way. I don't believe anyone learns if it's boring. And so um, our merch kind of has a, a quirky, sort of sassy uh, spin to it. Uh, so that's our primary source of income. And we're slowly looking at that and saying, okay, that's great, but what other revenue streams can we build in? So I'm working on um, building in some opportunities for... Uh, additional speaking engagements, which I do personally, but how do I incorporate the last night's game message into more efforts like that, as well as um, possible um, outsourcing writing and seeing how we can contribute, be a contributing writer to different publications and share the knowledge that we have and the insights that we have with others. Oh, I, lo I love the the methods that you're trying. And when you were starting your merch store, since that's the the large primary source of revenue, where, did you come up with the idea of being sassy to be part of the merch store or was it something that just slowly grew? You had like one or two catchphrases. Can you walk me through a bit of that process? Sure. So uh, we were always kind of just a little bit, uh, sometimes we just throw out our really awkward senses of humor into all of our writing, into our podcast. Um, but we were giving away these shirts uh, when we would go do speaking engagements that said, I know who scored last night. And we were at when I believe we were in Phoenix and I was with my, my brother and he, he flew out and went with me. And some guy goes, where can I get that? I have to have that shirt. And we're like, oh, well, it's just not for sale, but I'll, I'll give you one. I'm happy to, to give you one if you promise to wear it. And he was like, no, I want to buy one. And my brother later on was like, why are we not selling these? How do we sell them? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's figure this out. And so we really started to look on them and just do the research on putting together a Shopify store. Really, it's we're a Shopify platform. And how do you put that all together and make that work? So everything sort of has that spin to it. The big challenge is uh, some of our things, some of our best sellers are our, our Winebacker shirt, Winebacker, Winebacker, uh, and our Do Epic sh shirt. But both of those are things that uh, if you want to run ads on social media, do not pass the muster because they have alcohol in them and a, and a swear word, even though it has an exclamation point in it. Uh, so it's kind of funny that... Uh, We've, we, that's been a challenge we've had to figure out and try to work around because you're two big things you can't advertise. So that, that does definitely add an add additional layer of complexity to it. 
No, I, I like that linebacker, and I'm definitely going to be setting that to my sister because uh, I think she, she'll love it. Um, what is your favorite team? Uh, let's go NHL. Let's start with the NHL because I'm a Canadian, so we have to start okay. with our hockey. You, do you have a favorite NHL team that you like to cover? I, I do. I'm a native Las Vegas, a person from Las Vegas, so I'm a big uh, Golden Knights fan. And I'm going to be really, truly my only team is the Golden Knights. Oh, really? So you don't, so there's not really a big football team that you follow? No, I, I mean, I kind of follow them all. I mean, my parents are from the Pennsylvania, from Pennsylvania. So we have two teams there. I lived in Arizona. We have the Raiders now in Vegas. My husband likes the Cowboys. So we sort of just, we honestly leave the TV on, on Sundays and watch sports. My little one plays T-ball now. So now we have baseball running in the background. It's sort of just always going. I can't say we cheer for someone specific, maybe on a college day. Point we do, but as it becomes professional, not really. Besides the Golden Knights, so go Knights, go. I I, I, I love hockey team. I'm a Montrealer. It's it's the Hab Nation, the most glorious team in all sports franchise, and no one can ever dissuade me of that. But I do have to say, I love the Golden Knights. They have an ep like I love their arena. I love the fanfare that they're bringing into it, and I think it's really needed for the sport. They need to like give the the players and give the fans like an, an entertaining thing instead of being this very somber kind of like businessy type thing because it's a sport you're there is you're you're playing for fun this is a fun sport even though there's stakes and they're being paid yes i highly recommend if you haven't been to a game um we've been to a couple i got a chance to go to the stanley cup finals when they were in it uh but they we took our our son is four years old and we took him to a game over the holidays and he only got out of his seat to like leave to go get a snack twice out of the whole game because there's so much going on. It's loud and it's exciting and there's showgirls and there's Elvis and there's fighting knights and it, it just there's so many things going on. And it's not in a, a crazy, it's just, it's so much fun. They have really put the Vegas level um, talent into those games. And I tell everyone, when you go to Vegas, go to a Golden Knights game, you will not be disappointed. Oh, no, I, I'm so looking forward to going back to Vegas to see just for a Golden Knights game, or at least see the arena. If I can get a Montreal Golden Knights game, oh my God, I'll be more than happy. I'll be yeah. on the moon. It'll be the best day of my life. Um, Amy, we are coming to the end of the episode, which I hate because I'm having such a fun time. Look, sports are bringing us closer together already. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to ask the Spark question of the show for my audience that doesn't know. Spark is from the group Seek Discomfort to Spark Conversations Between Strangers because strangers are just friends you haven't met yet. So if you could design a museum exhibit that represents you, what items would you put on display? Oh, that's really interesting. Well, I have to I have to admit, first of all, I'm not really a museum person. Um, I do the mob museum in Las Vegas is quite interesting, but I'm not really like an art museum person. So uh, let's see what would represent me. Probably a globe. Um, as I mentioned a couple of times, I've, I've lived in a lot of different places. And so the, the world to me is a small place. Uh, it really is a small world. And so I would probably have some sort of global or global items in there. Um, Obviously, would have to have something to do with sports since it's it's sort of been this thread in my life since I was a kid. Um, what else? Gosh, probably food. I mean, that's why one thing when we when we travel and ever we go somewhere, I love food. I, I learned that living in Singapore, where food is a, a language. It tr truly is a love language, and um, 
the more you learn, the more you pay attention to food, the more that people are so proud. Every time you go to a country, they're proud of their food. They're proud of their dishes. But try them. We always love to try to do cooking classes when we travel because it's just a neat thing to see what ingredients go into stuff that you maybe even never heard of. So I would say food would be a huge part of that. Um, gosh, what else? I mean, we could say family and things like that, but that's not probably something someone wants to see in an exhibit. Um, you know what I would do? This no, this is going this is embarrassing, but it just came to my mind. Uh, my mother just gave me this huge bag of all my dance costumes from when I was like three years old all the way till twenty two ish, and so maybe just like a display of those because that is a whole trip through the decades of the these these uniforms and these different dance outfits. They're quite hilarious. So that might be just a kind of hilarious uh, a showcase that would provide some color to the exhibit. I think that that would be amazing. That just seeing all those things and the food and then the globe and all oh, that, that is, I, I'm not going to lie. I want to see this museum exhibit. Um, so you should be starting working on it. <laughs> oh, man, I'll, get, I'll get right off that. I'll put it, I'll put it. Yeah, right in the call. Museum, the whack museum. <laughs> there you go. Maybe the mob museum can have like the pictures, you know, like, hey, look at all these beautiful dresses and costumes for dancers. <laughs> from Vegas, uh, from the years. There you go. Um, Amy, I'm going to jump off screen here. I want you to let my audience know where they can come and find last night's game, how they can support you, where they can get the merch. So the floor is yours. Thanks, Phil. Uh, you can find us at lastnightsgame.com. Uh, we are also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, last night's game. Um, I'm the one who answers all the DMs last night's game. So if there is ever anything you want to learn more about, you want to share an exciting story you've heard, We've started a new series called Smile Worthy Sports on Sundays, where we share just good news in sports because we all could use some of that to chase away the Sunday scaries. So always looking for those kinds of things. So if you have great stories you want to share with us, I would truly appreciate that because we're always seeking great, exciting stories. And let's see what else. Oh, podcast. Obviously, the podcast, you can link to our platforms at lastnightsgame.com, but you can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. Past, and we are out once a week working on adding on a second podcast because I'm learning from Phil that I need to do a little bit more so we learn something from someone every day. Uh, so there'll be twice a week here coming up here shortly. I, Amy, thank you very much. I can't thank you enough for being here. Um, I'm looking forward to listening to your show. I'm I, ha I have already subscribed. While I was off off air, I was subscribing to it, so I'm looking forward to hearing that and get, you know getting a little caught up on the uh, sports that I don't get to hear and have that little nugget that I can drop in when I need to. So I want to thank you very much for uh, coming on the show and b starting this pro uh, this this business of last night's game. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you. To my audience, make sure you check out the show notes down below. They'll have all the links to Amy's stuff so that you can follow her, you can support last night's game. And if you want to know the uh, ins and outs of what's going on in the sporting world, well, you can go ahead and subscribe there. And to and just remember to always invest in yourself. Hey, digital entrepreneurs, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Now, if you're looking to take your podcast to the next level, like most of these entrepreneurs have taken their business to the next level to scale it, if you will, make sure you check out my brand new newsletter. Links are down below. It is called the Monetization 
mogul syndicate newsletter, or it could be feel better stories of monetization moguls or making moguls is what I do. So make sure you go ahead and check that out. But I want to thank you very much for listening. And as always, remember to invest.